Well, hello, friends. Grace and peace of our Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus, be with you. Welcome to Sermons from the Mount podcast. My name is Pastor Mark O'Neill. I currently serve as the pastor of Mount Olivet United Methodist Church in Manio, North Carolina. Each week, we will post here audio recordings of the sermons that I preach from that church. Hope this one is a blessing to you. God bless. Take care. Our reading this morning in our sermon text comes from the letter of the Apostle Paul to the church in Ephesus. This is Ephesians. We'll be in chapter 6, taking a look at verses 10 through 20. So again, this is Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his power. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For our struggle is not against enemies of blood and flesh, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, Take up the whole armor of God so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day and having done everything, to stand firm. Stand therefore and fasten the belt of truth around your waist and put on the breastplate of righteousness. As shoes for your feet, put on whatever will make you ready to proclaim the gospel of peace. With all of these, take the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and in every prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert and always persevere in supplication for all the saints. Pray also for me, so that when I speak, a message may be given to make me known with boldness the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it boldly, as I must speak. Friends, this is the word of God for you and I, the children of God. Thanks be to God. One thing that you need to know about my parents is that they were very good at finding jobs for me when I was growing up. I got my first job when I was 16, working in, a, in the dining facility at a continuing care retirement community in Winston-Salem. A guy I played baseball with also worked at this facility, and he came up to me one day at the field and said, hey, your mom asked me if we had any openings over at the, over at the facility, and I was able to find you a spot in the dining room. You can start tomorrow, which was a surprise to me because I didn't even know I was looking for a job <laughs> at the time. Well, fast forward to the summer before my junior year at Carolina. I guess partly because I didn't exactly distinguish myself in the classroom, and there may have been some concern about my work ethic, but Dad lined up for me a job working in a warehouse for a company called D.D. Bean. D.D. Bean made matches and matchbooks. If you had a book of matches 20 or so years ago, particularly one that had Joe Camel on the front of it, it was made by D.D. Bing. 
They shipped them all over the country, and part of my job was to help load the tractor trailers when they pulled in each and every day. They had two different conveyor belts there at the, at the plant. They had a large one that sent big, large boxes out into the warehouse, and another one that sent little bitty boxes to the factory floor. And part of my job was to go to these conveyor belts and take the boxes off, stack them on pallets. When it got to be about six or seven feet high, I'd shrink wrap them, then go grab the hand truck and bring it out to the warehouse and set them in line until a truck came. Then I'd go get those pallets I just placed in line, take them into the trailer, unwrap them, and then load the boxes from the floor to the ceiling when the trucks arrived. I did that from 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. Monday through Friday all summer long. Now, my first day there, as you might imagine, was a considerable learning experience. I understood the job easy enough, and so I set about taking boxes off the conveyor belts and stacking them on pallets and wrapping them and pulling them into the warehouse and then pulling them into trailers and unwrapping them and unstacking them and putting them in the trailers. Watch, wash, rinse, repeat, wash, rinse, repeat. But about mid-morning, I noticed that my back was starting to get a little bit tight. I was 20 years old then, in pretty good shape, but my body was doing some twists and turns and motions that I wasn't exactly used to. And so one of the older guys came up to me and told me rather derisively, we got back braces over there. They don't do you any good if you don't put them on and use them. So I go over to this row of hooks over on one of the walls, and on one half of the hooks they had jackets and hats that the guys had put, but the other half had these Weird hoop-looking things that had straps and snaps and Velcro. It's something I'd never seen before. So I grabbed one, I look it over, and I see Velcro and snaps and straps. And I have a pretty good idea that this large Velcro hoop part goes around my waist, but I don't have much of a clue about where the other parts go. So I put it on as best I can, and I head into the factory floor. And you know that saying that says, I'm not laughing at you, I'm laughing with you? Well, make no mistake, these people were laughing at me. <laughs> Except for old Grumpy that I mentioned earlier. To his credit, he came up to me, helped me get right, but then he also added, it don't do you any good if you don't put the whole thing on. Don't do you any good if you don't put them on and use them. Don't do you any good if you don't put the whole thing on. My friend was talking about a back brace in a warehouse. But was he not also talking about the armor of God? I doubt there's anyone in here who has not heard about the armor of God. If you've not, don't worry, I'm going to unpack it here in a minute. But whether this is your first time hearing about it or your tenth time hearing about it, it doesn't do any of us any good if all we do is simply hear about it or simply read about it and then leave it sitting in a corner somewhere or hanging on a hook. Don't do you any good if you don't put them on and use them. Don't do you any good if you don't put the whole thing on. Why do we need it? Why do we need this armor of God? Well, Paul begins our lesson this morning by reminding us that the battle that you and I face each and every day is not merely against human beings, but against the spiritual powers that stand behind fallen human choices and sinful societal structures. Friend, if you don't believe there's such a thing as spiritual warfare, then the devil has already won. If you don't believe that right now in our lives and the lives around us there is a battle waging between good and evil, light and dark, 
sin and holiness, then the devil has already won. The fact that we speak of a stairway to heaven, but a highway to hell, should tell you about the anticipated traffic towards each. Thanks be to God, though, that we are not in it alone. And we already know how the war ends. We receive strength from the Lord. We receive power from God, and Christ reigns over all these evil powers. Paul tells us back in chapter 1 of this same letter, God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. And he has put all things under his feet and has made him the head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Yes, friends, battles may still rage, but Christ has already won the war. The question for us then, and the issue at hand is this. How do we live in the world now? How do we withstand the spiritual struggles that we face now as we wait for Christ to return? Well, we do this, friends, by covering ourselves with truth, justice, the readiness of the gospel of peace, faith, salvation, and the word of God. We steady ourselves by living a life patterned after Christ. The spiritual battles we face are won through faith and righteousness. Our faith as believers results in salvation. And that salvation results in access to God on account of God's grace. Where rightly living as an image bearer of God produces godly fruit. And how can Satan possibly defeat that which so strongly resembles the image of God. So then how do we live a life patterned after Christ? By putting on the whole armor of God. Know what the Apostle Paul says here, the whole armor of God. Not a piece here and there. Not the pieces that are comfortable to us. Not the pieces that we like. All of it. The purpose of which that we may hold our ground firmly, completely, gloriously and victoriously. If we leave but one piece of the armor off, then Satan will most assuredly use that point of weakness to corrupt us. So what is this armor of God? Well, first is the belt of truth. Friend, the truth must both claim the truth of the gospel and we all must live in a truthful manner. What is truth? Scripture is. When Jesus prayed to the Father in John 17, 17, he said, Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. God's word is inerrant and unchanging, and so we continue to uphold the truth of Scripture regardless of how the culture may change. Scripture should have an effect on the way we live, the way we raise our kids, the way we do business, and the way we engage our communities. We must be loving yet uncompromising when it comes to truth. To do anything less would chip away at our foundation, the result of which would only be our downfall. The belt is the part of the armor that holds everything else together, so your protection against temptation and self-doubt starts with knowing God's truth. This means to trust in the truth of God's word and his plan for you 
but it also means to live a Christian life that is free of dishonesty or hidden sin. Second is the breastplate of righteousness. Other translations use the word justice. Our character and our conduct should reflect the one that we serve. Everyone has certain areas where they're most vulnerable to temptation. However, you don't have to be perfect in order to be shielded from it. You just have to believe and rely on the holiness of Jesus and strive to be like him, and that is what will strengthen you. When you are made righteous through faith in Christ, we are forever made right with God. So many of the enemy's attacks are deflected by knowing that we are righteous in the eyes of God. You are enough to God. You are precious in his sight. You are loved and you are valued by the creator of the universe. Don't let anyone ever tell you differently. The shoes are described as the readiness of the gospel of peace. This is not simply the preaching of the gospel, but also the alertness that comes from knowing the gospel. We should always be constantly ready to promote peace, offering the reconciliation that comes through Christ. Allow God to guide your feet by following his calling in your life. Also, be prepared to stand and battle against the forces of evil that might tempt you to sin and fill your mind with fear and worry. The need for a shield of faith to deflect flaming arrows demonstrates that despite Christ's victory, the fullness of the kingdom has not yet come. And we must always be ready to defend ourselves from attack. The defense is faith. Believing in the promises and the power of God who has already placed Christ in the position of authority above all other powers. The metaphor of a shield also underscores our need to have brothers and sisters working together. You see, Roman soldiers would often interlock their shields with one another, providing an effective defense for the whole group. The helmet of salvation suggests that when we believe in the salvation that Christ, as the head of our body, has attained for us, the attacks of the devil will be ineffective. Once you accept Jesus as your Savior, you are forgiven for your sins and guaranteed a life with God in heaven. Relying on this knowledge will protect your mind from questions and doubts about God, salvation, and how you should follow Him. And finally is the sword, the Word of God. The teachings of the gospel as empowered by the Holy Spirit. This is the only offensive weapon mentioned in our text this morning. When we use simply the sticks of culture or theories or traditions or commands of man, defeat is inevitable. But when we use this most powerful tool, then victory is ours. Remember, this is the same weapon that Jesus used when he was in the wilderness time and time again against the devil. Every time he was tempted, he said what? But it is written. The sword, though, friends, must be taken out of its sheath, and our Bibles must not lie idle. That, friends, is the whole armor of God. The belt of truth, breastplate of righteousness, shoes of the gospel of peace, shield of faith, helmet of salvation, and the sword of the word of God. Six things. I, though, think there's actually a seventh. I think there's another piece of armor that we must utilize. 
John Wesley, in his explanatory notes of the New Testament, tells us this. He says, though he has his loins girded with the truth, righteousness for a breastplate, his feet shod with the preparation of the gospel, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, yet one thing he lacks for, after all, is what? Praying always. At all times and on every occasion, in the midst of all employments, inwardly praying without ceasing, through the influence of the Holy Spirit. With all sort of prayer, public, private, mental, vocal, some are careful in respect to one kind of prayer and negligent in others. If we would have the petitions to ask, let us use them all, repeating and urging our prayer as Christ did in the garden, and watching, inwardly attending on God to know His will, to gain power to do it, and to attain the blessings we desire. Wrestling in fervent, continued intercession for others, especially for the faithful, that they may do all the will of God and be steadfast to the end. Perhaps we receive few answers to prayer because we do not intercede enough for others. What John Wesley is saying here, and what I agree with is this. Even if we have on the whole armor of God, resisting the powers of darkness requires engaging in incessant prayer, exhibiting continual daily dependence on God and not just on the gifts that he gives us. Our prayers should not be reserved for just a specific time like Sunday morning worship or our daily devotionals, but instead we should be in a continual attitude of prayer with God throughout the day. I had a friend of mine who used to preach in Newland. He told me one time that he used to start in the morning a prayer to God and he would purposefully not say amen until he went to bed that night. That way he kept a conversation open with God that lasted throughout the day. Pray without ceasing as you engage in battle. Prayer and the word should never be separated. The searching of the word must be done with prayer and prayer will be most effective through knowing the word. And then one last thing. Paul tells us this morning to put on the whole armor of God. When in our text did he say we could take it off? He didn't. That's because we shouldn't. Our armor is made to be worn until we have finished our course. We must wear it day and night. We must walk, work, and sleep in it. And this shouldn't surprise us. Scripture tells us that how must we pray without ceasing? And when should we rejoice? Always. And what must we give thanks for? Everything. The life of a Christian is one of constant effort. Why? Because Satan waits to catch us sleeping. Satan waits to catch us unarmed. But the enemy is not going to succeed against any of us. Why? Because we all now know two things about the armor of God. Don't do you any good if you don't put them on and use them. And don't do you any good unless you put the whole thing Oh, friends, let us pray. Father, you have called your church to be strong in you and your mighty power, not our own strength, 
but the resurrection power of Christ. Oh God, have mercy on us and forgive us for too often we have gone our own way and depended on ourselves, our resources, and the wisdom of man rather than depend on you. We have not stood in the victory of the Lord Jesus Christ. This day, Father, I acknowledge that the battles in my life and the lives of my brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus are not against what is seen, but against what is unseen. All spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Oh God, remind us continually by the presence of the Holy Spirit in each of us to put on Christ, that we might be able to stand our ground against the enemy of our souls. This day, Father, I proclaim over this, your church, my faith community and my life, that, Lord Christ Jesus, you are the way and the truth and the life. May your church turn from all false teaching and philosophies of this world and walk in the truth of your word. Be the belt of truth around us this day. May we turn from all sin that entangles us and walk in the righteousness that you have provided, Lord Jesus. You who became sin for us, you are our breastplate of righteousness. Make us ready to give the reason for the hope that we have, Lord. May our feet be fitted with the gospel of peace. Jesus, I confess that you are the good news. You are our peace. May all the attacks of the evil one that come against your people be extinguished as faith rises up in our hearts. Lord Jesus, shield us in faith. Father, I proclaim that salvation is found in no one else. For there is no name under heaven other than yours by which we can be saved from sin. You, Lord Jesus, are the Christ, the Son of the living God. You are our salvation. This day, may the word dwell richly in our hearts here in your church. May it accomplish all that you intend. Convicting of sin, judging attitudes and actions, revealing Jesus, defining the very way we live. Teach us to follow your example, Lord Jesus, and take up this sword and do battle. In all things, I choose to put on Christ this day and take my stand. May I be ready, alert, and faithful in prayer. In your name, Lord Jesus, I ask for my brothers and sisters as well. May they be strengthened by the Holy Spirit to do the same, that your work in us this day might be mighty. I ask all these things in the name of Jesus who gave himself for us that we might share in his authority and be more than conquerors. It's in his name we pray. Amen. I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Until next time, God bless. Take care.